Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be going through ovarian cysts. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerodefinals.com slash ovarian cysts or in the gynecology section of the Zero to Finals OBS and Gyne book. So let's get straight into it. A cyst is a fluid-filled sac. Functional ovarian cysts relate to the fluctuating hormones of the menstrual cycle and are very common in premenopausal women. The vast majority of ovarian cysts in premenopausal women are benign. Cysts in postmenopausal women are more concerning for malignancy and need further investigation. Patients with multiple ovarian cysts or a string of pearls appearance to the ovaries cannot be diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome unless they also have other features of the condition. The diagnosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome requires at least two of the three criteria, which are anovulation, hyperandrogenism, and polycystic ovaries on the ultrasound. Only having one of these criteria is not sufficient for a diagnosis. Let's talk about the presentation of ovarian cysts. Most ovarian cysts are asymptomatic. Cysts are often found incidentally on a pelvic ultrasound scan for another reason. Occasionally, ovarian cysts can cause non-specific symptoms of pelvic pain, bloating, fullness in the abdomen, or a palpable pelvic mass. Particularly with very large cysts such as mucinous cystadenomas. Ovarian cysts may present with acute pelvic pain if there is ovarian torsion, hemorrhage, or rupture of the cyst. Let's start by talking about functional cysts. Follicular cysts represent the development of a follicle. When these follicles fail to rupture and release the egg, the cyst can stay around for longer. Follicular cysts are the most common type of ovarian cyst and they're harmless and they go away after a few menstrual cycles. Typically they have thin walls and no internal structures, which gives them a reassuring appearance on the ultrasound. Corpus luteum cysts occur when the corpus luteum fails to break down and instead fills with fluid. And these may cause pelvic discomfort, pain or delayed menstruation. They can often be seen when you do a scan in early pregnancy. Let's talk about other types of ovarian masses. Serous cystadenomas are tumours of the epithelial cells of the ovary. Mucinous cystadenomas are tumours of the epithelial cells and these can become huge taking up lots of room in the pelvis and the abdomen. An endometrioma is a lump of endometrial tissue within the ovary occurring in patients who suffer with endometriosis and these can cause pain and disrupt ovulation. Dermoid cysts or germ cell tumours are benign ovarian tumours and they are teratomas which means they form from the germ cells and may contain various types of tissue such as skin, teeth, hair and bones. These types of ovarian masses are particularly associated with ovarian torsion. Sex cord stromal tumours are rare tumours that can be benign or malignant and these arise from the stroma, which is the connective tissue, or from the sex cords, which are embryonic structures associated with the follicles. There are several types of sex cord stromal tumours, 
including Sertoli Leydig cell tumours and granulosa cell tumours. Let's talk about assessment of women with ovarian cysts. The key to managing ovarian cysts is to establish whether they are benign or malignant. Take a detailed history and examine for features that may suggest malignancy, such as abdominal bloating, reduced appetite, early satiety, meaning getting full early after eating, weight loss, urinary symptoms, pain, ascites, or lymphadenopathy. It's also worth assessing for risk factors for ovarian malignancy, such as age, postmenopausal status, increased number of ovulations, obesity, hormone replacement therapy, smoking, breastfeeding, which is protective, and a family history of malignancy, particularly the BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes. The number of times a woman has ovulated during her life correlates with her risk of ovarian cancer. More ovulations means a greater risk of ovarian cancer. Factors that will reduce the number of ovulations and therefore reduce the risk of ovarian cancer are a later onset of periods, an earlier menopause, any pregnancies that the woman has had, and also the use of contraception that stops ovulation, such as the combined contraceptive pill. Let's talk about the blood test you might use in somebody who's got an ovarian cyst. Premenopausal women with a simple ovarian cyst that is less than 5cm on an ultrasound scan do not need any further investigations. CA125 is the tumour marker to remember for ovarian cancer. And checking a CA125 level contributes to the overall impression of whether an ovarian cyst is related to cancer and it forms part of the risk of malignancy index, which we're going to talk about shortly. Women that are under 40 years of age with a complex ovarian mass require tumour markers for a possible germ cell tumour. And these tumour markers are lactate dehydrogenase or LDH, alpha fetoprotein, and human chorionic gonadotrophin, or HCG. Let's talk about the causes of a raised CA125. CA125 is a tumour marker for epithelial cell ovarian cancer, although it's not very specific, meaning there are lots of non-malignant causes of a raised CA125. And these include endometriosis, fibroids, adenomyosis, pelvic infection, liver disease, and pregnancy. So if a patient has a CA125, this does not necessarily mean they have ovarian cancer and they need further investigations to find the actual cause. Let's talk about the risk of malignancy index. The risk of malignancy index estimates the risk of an ovarian mass being malignant, taking into account three things, the menopausal status, the ultrasound scan findings, and the CA125 level. Next let's talk about management of ovarian cysts. The RCOG Green Top Guidelines from 2011 on suspected ovarian masses provides recommendations on managing ovarian cysts. Always check local and national guidelines when deciding how to manage patients and get advice from experienced colleagues. Women with possible ovarian cancer, for example with complex cysts or a raised CA125 level, require a two-week wait referral 
to a gynaecology oncology specialist. Possible dermoid cysts require referral to a gynaecologist for further investigation and consideration of surgery. Simple ovarian cysts in premenopausal women can be managed based on their size. Cysts that are less than 5 cm will almost always resolve within 3 cycles. They don't require a follow-up scan. Cysts between 5 and 7 cm require routine referral to gynaecology and yearly ultrasound scans for monitoring. Cysts that are more than 7 cm in diameter are difficult to characterise with an ultrasound scan so they need consideration for an MRI scan or surgical evaluation. Cysts that occur in postmenopausal women generally require correlation with a CA125 result and referral to a gynaecologist. When there is a raised CA125 result, this should be a two-week wait suspected cancer referral. Simple cysts under 5 cm with a normal CA125 result are usually monitored with ultrasounds every 4-6 to six months. Persistent or enlarging cysts may require surgical intervention, usually with a laparoscopy. Surgery may involve removing the cyst, which is called an ovarian cystectomy, or possibly removing the entire ovary, which is called an oophorectomy. Let's talk about complications of ovarian cysts. Consider complications when patients present with acute onset pain. And the main complications of ovarian cysts are torsion, hemorrhage into the cyst, and rupture with bleeding into the peritoneum. Finally, let's talk about a condition called Meig's syndrome. Meig's syndrome involves a triad of an ovarian fibroma, which is a type of benign ovarian tumour, pleural effusions, and ascites. Meig's syndrome typically occurs in older women. Removal of the tumour results in complete resolution of the effusion and the ascites. Finally, a tom tip for you, it's worth remembering Meig's syndrome for your MCQ exams. Look out for the woman presenting with a pleural effusion and an ovarian mass. So thanks for listening to this episode on ovarian cysts. A big thank you as always to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing this podcast and I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about ovarian torsion.